Hello, welcome to episode 153 of Three Bears and Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry. And Barry, we, once again, we are doing our podcast, but we are socially distancing ourselves, as always. As has become the new norm, I believe, is the phrase you've got to yeah, use. I like to think we're, we're close in cyberspace, you we're know. close in spirit. I like <laughs> to think that we're... Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're close in spirit. Yes. Um, but, um, yeah, so we're going to, as always, we're going to... Chat about movies a little bit and feel better about life. Are you drinking anything of interest? Although it's quite early in the day, but you are on holiday now, so maybe you are drinking. Oh, and isn't it going to be a glorious seven long days that I'm going to <laughs> maximise every hour of this seven days? <laughs> uh, yes, I finally got my ass down to a local uh, brewery, microbrewery, called Lennox Brewery. You nice. can find them on social media, you know. And they do their usual run of uh, alcoholic beers. Everything from pale ales, um, lagers, uh, stouts, uh, and IPAs as well. Nice. Uh, they do have a small run, but they do always have them in stock. Uh, you can uh, turn up to the brewery on a Saturday and Sunday between, I think it's like 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., and they'll sell stuff at the door. Yeah. Or you can order through their website, and they'll try and get it delivered to you as well. Either if you order before two, it's the same day. If try to be the same day, if it's not, then it'll be the next day they'll deliver it to you. Taking them actually quite local deliveries, so they're not going to go out to like you know North England and that. Yes, yes, yes. But you can order through their website and they will ship things to you. So you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This time I've cracked up. Oops, sorry, bud. So I think that's the thing a lot of people like a lot of breweries are doing this now. You know, I've seen like West are doing it, Brewdog are doing it, a few a lot of ones are doing it where they're. They're becoming essentially, you know, sort of just shipping agents. You know, they're just sending all their stuff out, and I think a few of them have opened the door. I think I know Wes has done it, where you can go up at certain times, you can get like sort of refills on the growlers, and you can get like um, you can buy cases and stuff there. So obviously, they're still trying to make yeah. as much business as they can. Yeah, I can't. I'm I'm kind of liking all this kind of thing. How it's like, you know, it's like taking a negative situation and spinning it, and then finding a way, kind of like round it with while still adhering to the yeah. the rules that are in place that keep us all safe but we also still get to enjoy albeit in a kind of slightly stranger way but we still get to enjoy all our little things that we do enjoy you exactly know? exactly it's try, try to keep some part of normality so what one are you drinking today yeah. it is the dumbarton fc sun's pale ale a uh, one wow there we go it's four percent it's okay. It's nice and light since it's still quite early. Dumbarton being your local club, obviously. Of course. Uh, of course. Not featured in... Uh, wait, as I saw they are featured in the latest uh, football manager. They're yeah, just not featured in the latest around. FIFA. No, not in FIFA, but they're definitely in football. Everyone's in football manager. Every team's in football manager. Mm. Um, Dumbarton, yeah, they've been going yeah. since like the 1890s, I think it is. So they've been around for a long time. They have an elephant on their badge. Yeah. You know that? That's the one thing I know about them. Yes. And they uh, also and that, yep. There you go. I'm surprised you're not like an honorary supporter. <laughs> I, I have a soft spot for teams who play in black and gold, yes. Um, <laughs> I don't think Dumbarton have ever won anything. I think they're literally a team who like never won anything ever in their entire history, but they're, they're still there. <laughs> yes, interesting random fact the Dumbarton Rock that the castle sits on top of that apparently is shaped like an elephant if you look at it in the right 
direction in the oh. right light or something. Apparently, that's where it all came from. So the that's L- why it's on the badge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was something. Honestly, it's in my mind. It was something to do with like sort of like the guy who started on Barton was out in India during like the sort of the colonial wars and basically sacrificed loads of people and then decided to name it after him. But it actually makes it's actually nicer. It's a, it's a geological event rather than you know mass. Yeah. Yeah, there's Master Elephant and there's the castle. Ah, it makes more sense now. Yeah, I will actually just double che- uh, double check this once we come off here, just to make sure factually it's correct, rather than me just spouting nonsense yeah. about a rock and an elephant. Anymore. You can say whatever you want. There's no such thing as facts anymore. <laughs> um, I am drinking. I'm being a, a man of my um, sort of. I think what is. I'm 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 true to form. I'm drinking some Brewdog. I'm drinking Dead Pony Club. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's nice. it's one know. of my favourites. Yeah. The Woodrock has actually quite, de- quite decent offers on this now. That um, like the shipping is usually because I'm a, a member. It's free. It's usually free shipping, um, and uh-huh. most of the stuff I've got is in stock. They've been doing some like, a random um, sort of COVID-inspired beer runs recently. So they had the one I drank a few weeks ago, oh, the yes. lockdown one, and they had one. Yes, it's called Barnard Castle Eye Test. Obviously, in, in honour of the gentleman who went for a drive for 40 miles to try and test his eyesight. So, they've named one after him as well. And there's a few <laughs> other ones that have brought in that are named after them, um, like sort of COVID events. So, they're, they're making money. And I think a lot of the stuff, doing, <laughs> a lot of the stuff that's COVID related, any profit they make from it, they're yes. giving it to the NHS or they're putting it into making oh, hand sanitizer for the NHS, which is so they're actually doing quite a good job. Yeah, yeah, of course. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, but, Aye, that's awesome. That's actually awesome. Generally in Corona life, how are you dealing with the lockdown? Which is now beginning to ease uh, a little bit. It is so. Uh, I've certainly noticed a big, certainly a big bump in uh, traffic moving about. That's for sure. Uh, outside the office and also outside my work, uh, apparently there's some local beauty spots that are complaining about the amount of people that are now hovering around them. But yeah. for the most part, everything that I've seen, apart from Paisley Road West, where my office is, most people are, are adhering to the, the rules that are in place. That's good. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that's what it is. At the end of the day, it's, the problem is you're never going to stop everyone. So you're always going to get people that will just do whatever they want anyway. So, you know, that's what that, it is. That Hopefully there's some sort. The people who don't adhere to the rules would not adhere to any rules anyway. You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just one of those things where you just have to accept that there's a certain element who will never adhere to any rules that are put forward. So it's, it's up to the rest of us not to take their lead and go, well, if they're not doing it, I'm not doing it. It's more to try and say, I'm going to be better than them. Yes. Yes. And to be honest, like, you know, I know this has been going on now. How long has it been? Like four months or something? Like no? 13, 14 weeks now, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. How bad is that that you're starting to lose? How long it's been going on for? Yeah. A lot of the things that are in place are not actually that hard to stick to in no. terms of like going to supermarkets and stuff like that. And also, if you've even got like two fucking brain cells bouncing about your head, you can pretty much navigate your way around shops and get everything you need. No hassle at all. You know? I think the big challenge for the country will be when things reopen that aren't just food stores, when they start opening places like HMV and like your, you know, yeah, your yeah. clothes shops and all that kind of stuff, they, there's, I feel that they all survive on number one. People just wandering in off the street to browse and stuff like that and grab something. People, if you mm. want to queue up outside for, you know, for 20 minutes or $400 to get into these places, 
that's not going to yeah. bode well. You know, pubs and clubs, you know, everybody's socially distancing when they're nice and sober, but, you know, get four or five drinks in. You know, it's like right, now you're going to a bar and you've had a few drinks, it can get quite, you know, bumpy and everyone's offending themselves' faces a little bit. Mm. You know, the stuff like that is going yeah, to cause more of an issue. I know pubs and clubs are definitely one of the last things that are going to be reopened in phase yeah. three, but it's like I still don't even know how they're going to do it, eh, even when they do open it, to even just keep their staff safe, because yeah. as you know, in pubs, staff will have to come out and collect yep. glasses and all that. Yep. So they're just, yeah, I have no idea how they're going to keep staff happy unless, and unless safe. Unless the new normal will be, if you're having a drink in a bar, you wait your glass up to the bar when you're done. You know, they have a, they have a mm. depository with you, you put your glass into. Um, ah, you just dump it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a gig coming up at the end of August, and I'm amazed it's still not been cancelled. It's still on. Um, it was yeah, me too. To, it was supposed <laughs> to be in March, I think it was, and it got bumped at that point. Um, the Is August. this um, oh, Red Radio or something? Red City Radio, Red, yeah. Red yeah, St- yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. So a, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, California band, but only playing a small venue as well, so... I'd be interested to see if that goes ahead. You know. I don't want to put a Debbie Downer on it, but I can still see, I can still see it getting postponed. Yes. Even by a couple of months, because a lot of the gigs that I've seen that are coming down the pipeline, at least for this year, they're all pretty much kicking off late October, if yeah. not November time. To be honest, because I, the now has had booked has been bumped. Everyone else had booked has been bumped till next year. This is the only one that seems to yeah, be yeah, yeah. on to the aspect of what it could get all over this year. Which is bizarre for such a small, like, for, for a, a band that are doing smaller venue. It's like, just cancel it, you know? It's not that big a deal. Probably argue the smaller bands need the money more than the bigger bands. Maybe that's what the issue is. Yeah. You know what's been a good point? Yeah. You said it might be, the venues may open up again to some degree, but then if there's a quarantine coming into the country, how, how many bands can afford to go over 14 days and self-isolate before they start gigging? That's, they can't do that. Yeah. You know, so that... Yeah, and, and you know yourself, it's like a lot of these smaller bands have like really intense, uh, at least intense European gig dates. So they pretty much will do a couple of runs in the UK and then they'll disappear into Europe. But Aye. then it's like the minute they hit Europe, it's like almost like every second day or whatever, it's like there's a gig on. So yeah. like if they're bouncing through countries, how much is that going to have to be spent in isolation? Exactly. Even you in know? Britain, you see it. You know, they arrive in Britain on, like, say, the Monday, and they'll be only here for like a, like an eight yeah. gig day. So they'll be gone within ten days. It'll be like a, a block of five, then a block of four, like a day off, then a block of five again. They're, they're not here for a long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's there's so much to look into it, but. At least what we can do, Barry, today is we can segue into things you can do at home. See? Professional yes. segueing. Um, and we can talk that is, again. That is not Monopoly. That is not Monopoly, yeah. Um, and we can talk about some stuff that's on available on the streaming services just so you can watch it at home in the safety and security of your own abode. So, yes. this week it is specifically, it's, no, it's one for me, isn't it? It's Netflix, Amazon, and Apple TV. So, we're actually we're covering quite a few bases this week as opposed to the. Nicely COVID. done. Yeah. So the first one we're going to look at is a TV show that's been dropped on Netflix, um, and that is called Space Force. So it's 10 episodes <laughs> created by Greg Daniels and Steve Carell, um, who Greg Daniels is a man behind The Office, the US Office. I think he was involved in Parts and Rec as well, wasn't he? And he was also on Upload. He's the kind of creative guy behind Upload as well. And obviously Steve Carell yes. is the guy from The Office, and he's, well, Steve Carell. So we all know who Steve Carell is. Um, the plot of this is essentially it's it's a, some would say fictional 
government agency, but I think they're soon to be real government agency, who are tasked by the mm. government to put a man on the moon and to basically come the space force, you know, to, to weaponize space, to monetize space, to get people back on the moon. Um, Steve Carell plays the, the sort of head of the department, the head, the head of military man. Um, George Malkovich plays the head scientist. Lisa Kudrow plays Steve Carell's wife. Uh, ben Schwartz plays the sort of the media man. He's a young media boy. And Diana Shivers plays mm. Steve Carell's daughter. And they've all got sort of stories within that. It's a bit of some family dynamics with the Carell family. Um, and this is all set on the on the base and basically try to poke fun at the so the, the military military industrial complex that um, exists within American society. Um, what did you think of this one? I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, you know, there was a couple of episodes in there where nothing was really happening, so it felt like just like a bit of a malar episode. But um, for the most part, I did actually really enjoy it. I found it was like a a bit more of a kind of like smarter kind of comedy than like things that Greg has done in the past, like The Office and um, Parks and Rec, which relies heavily on kind of almost slapsticky kind of comedy. Yeah. This is more kind of like smaller, kind of subtle, maybe one-liners flowing in there. Um, but yeah, I liked it. It was a strong cast as well, you know. Yeah. It's, um, I did like the fact that Ben Schwartz's character it's pretty much the exact same character that he was playing in uh, Parks and Recreation. Yeah, only yeah. now he's annoying uh, Steve Carell and John Malkovich rather than annoying uh, Ron Swanson. Yes. Um, it's, it's interesting you're up on it so much, because like, um, I thought it was a really interesting premise. Like, I like the idea of it. It's, you know, the Space Force thing became a reality a couple of years ago when Trump announced it. And, this is, and at the time, we all thought it sounded silly, and it does sound silly. Um, so mm. this is trying to... It's using that as a sort of the premise of it. And it's an interesting premise, and it's got tons of possibilities for it to be spherical and to be funny and to make a salient point about you know, the political conditions that are going on right now. Obviously, right now, it's really hard to do satire because the world is changing almost on a sort of day-to-day basis, hour-to-hour basis. So being satirical is almost, you can't film something in a month and then expect to still be relevant a month later, but it just it's not working mm. now. My biggest problem with yeah. this was everything about it, every trailer you saw, everything about it you saw was it was it as a comedy, and it wasn't funny enough throughout it to be a comedy. No. It really lacked the comedy. It had a lot of heart to it. You think there's a lot like the, the story mm. between Steve Carell and his wife, who for some reasons in prison, which I'm not really sure why, but that's a story that's going on. Yeah, and their daughter, who's always struggling with everything that's going on as well. That's got a real heart, a real sort of soul to it, but mm. it's not funny. And the yeah. same with the story with the, the like a couple of stories as well with like um, the pilot who wants to be the astronaut and uh, mm. her friendship with the, the scientist. It's not funny, but it is very heartfelt. Mm. And I think that was a big yeah, issue with it. it. I think he's maybe just. I'm just kind of giving him a bit of a. I'm just kind of putting him down to it. He's just trying to kind of break away from Parks and Rec in the office and kind of, kind of flex a wee bit and try and write something maybe a wee bit different. Yeah. But you never know, maybe kind of first season laying the groundwork, maybe. I don't know if it's been renewed for a second season or not, not but sure um, certainly the way that the first season ends, it pretty much leaves it wide open yeah. for like a second season anyway. Yeah. Um, but no, I'd certainly say maybe the second season will, will maybe kind of find its feet better 
and actually dial in what it's trying to do. I would say that see, I didn't see, I, it does finish stronger. Like the last like three or four episodes, it feels like in those mm-hmm. episodes everyone starts to get who a character are. Like um, the John mm-hmm. Malkovich character guy, um, the, the scientist. John Malkovich is not known for doing comedy, so it feels like he's kind of mm-hmm. struggling with trying to find the, the tone of it right. But it, like, sort mm-hmm. of episodes seven, eight, nine, and ten, he sort of he's found the right level for it, and it feels like a lot. But there's a lot about much more of a flow each episode and it feels like it, they work better with each other. The previous six episodes seemed a little bit too sporadic, a little bit too, so I just didn't think they had the right tone at any point. Like the heartfelt stuff was mm. there that worked, mostly worked. Then I remember at some point it's supposed to be a comedy and then it would try and do comedy, maybe too broad a comedy to, to suit the situation. So it's not like the scene that you were texting about the other night, about the, the scene with the monkey in space, which <laughs> it, is, it is funny. But it doesn't yes. make sense that any of them would react because they're not supposed to be idiots who are running this organization. They're supposed yeah. to all be very smart people. So for them to go mm. to, to those lines to do something, it just feels like that's not what smart people would do. No. You know, no. It, felt, it, felt like, it felt like that was played too much for like a broad, massive comedy effect when it, it, it didn't suit the general tone of the, of the series. But they're, like, so every now and again, they do remember that they are supposed to be a comedy. Yeah, yeah. Eh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, I never seen anything trailer wise for this, so right. I was kind of just jumping in. So maybe, as always, trailers can lead you down the wrong path about what that actually is trying to be. The episodes that I found I didn't like were the ones where it really focused in on just one little story, and then that was the whole episode pretty right. much. They were the ones I wasn't overly interested in or maybe parts of the story where it was only like two people, two or three people then that was it. There was a few episodes through the season I was a bit like you know what, this was just a pure wasted episode, there was nothing happening in this one. I did like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like uh, Carell's um, little singing episode uh, uh, well, singing part yeah. In one of the episodes, it was quite early on. I think it was like the second or third one, I think. Yeah. Uh, that I found that quite charming, you know. There's, there's so much, there is so much heart in it, and that's the thing. Maybe it's going to go down the parts and wreck route of being more heartfelt mm. and funny, and you sort of you, you start to fall over the characters and you're in your later situations. Um, and then from that, there's, yeah. there's comical moments to it. Um, and it's not going to be a broad comedy in, in the way you expect. You know, the way The Office is more like a complete, straight out comedy in, in my book. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what they're going to go from. And, it has always been said the Greg Daniels shows generally do find their feet in the second, third, and fourth seasons. You know, you think of Parts and Rec, okay, you think of The Office, they do generally, you know, they, they have an introduction and the difference that, you know, it's interesting, it's okay, but a lot, a lot of people just won't stick with it after the first season. It's when you get to the later ones, I think it really mm. finds its feet. So, but it's the same, like I said, it does lay some good groundwork. I thought it got a lot better towards the end. Maybe, like you said, the second season, if they do get one, will be a much stronger um, season. Maybe you'll find a better tone. To it than um, than it has done in the past. Out of ten, what are you yeah, give it? Yeah. I'm gonna give it a seven nice. because, like the early days of Park and Rec, you can see there's potential in it, mm. you know, and it's a strong cast. Yep. I can't wish they can use the kind of military people a wee bit more. See when the role was around the table, I wish they can use those kind of characters a wee bit more rather yeah. than just the the kind of military guy he had a beef with, you yeah. know. 
Um, I'm giving it six. So I'm slightly slightly less than you, but I can I do see there is potential there to do something, um, and hopefully yeah. there's something there. But like I said if you just maybe a bit more comedy, or if you're going to go with the heartfelt stuff, don't go for such a, such the broad comedy as much. Try and make it more subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. my little like random nugget oh, yeah, of information you, I found out about yeah, about spaceballs. Yeah, I'm excited to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> this is definitely obscure as it really gets. Um, I discovered the other day that the whoever like files for copyrights of titles, whether it be uh, Greg Daniels or his team, they filed for copyright of the name Space Force before the actual government got to trademark the name Space Force. Oh, really? <laughs> so, and because the, tra- yeah, yeah, yeah. So because the way the trademark system works in America, it is literally first come, first serve, yeah. and no one can ever, like, interject it. So as it stands, the TV show owns the name Space Force. <laughs> so if the way I keep going with the government, the government's basically either got to change its name or pay... Greg Daniels to use it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I, that, that makes me happy. <laughs> so random. Yeah. Uh, it does sound like one of those things right. where the American, the, the White House has said something recently, but yet no one's thought mm. to, to, um, to copyright it. Whereas, like, mm. the guy who runs the UFC, his name I can't remember, uh, Dana somebody or Dana somebody, the guy runs the UFC. Oh, De- oh sorry, sorry, Dana White. Dana White. Anything he pretty much yeah, says yeah. anything, he copyrights it. So uh, he okay. copyrights stuff like like Fight Island, Fight Land, Fight School. He got he copyrights all that shit so that no one else uh, can use it. So obviously uh, he's, he's got better lawyers who can copyright all this shit, whereas the White House has got apparently not as good of lawyers to copyright this stuff. <laughs> Maybe they were just a, just a bit slow in the uptake there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Space Force on Netflix, 10 episodes. Maybe worth your time, maybe not. By now you feel. But if you like, I think if you're into The Office and Parks and Rec, it might intrigue you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. On to that, on to the next thing, which is a film which is on Amazon, and it's called The Vast of Night, directed by Andrew Patterson, and this is his directorial debut. Um, he is the director, editor, writer, and producer of this thing. If you're surprised by not seeing his name as much, he actually uses different names for each role. So he directs uh, under one okay. name, editor. It might be a union thing. I don't know why he does it, but he's definitely he does all this stuff. It's under different names. I thought it was quite odd. But yeah, so something like I know Steven Soderbergh does it. He edits under a, a pseudonym. So mm. it might be doing something to do with union rules or it's sort of I don't know how it all works. But yeah, so he's got that. And the plot of this one is set in the 1950s. It's sort of a, it's, it's a very faux twilight zone where some local teens intercept a, a signal that's been broadcast, which may or may not be the calling card of an alien race, an alien invasion that's about to happen. Um, and they're sort of essentially trying to find out what's happening and find people and sort of seeing people getting, who are discovering this disappearing. Um, in a, a sort of almost deserted town, but the rest of the town is all like a basketball game, and they're these are the sort of like the only two mm. kids who are not at this game, and it comes out to them to try and sort of find out what is going on. That's pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much a good summary of this movie. Aye. Cast uh, on it, very limited. It was like the guy called Jake Horowitz, he plays the, the, the main boy in it. Sierra McCormick plays the, the lead girl. Uh, 
Gail Croner, Bruce Davis, Greg Payton, they're all nobodies. No one knows. They're not in anything of real anything of any note. Um, very much an indie yeah. film in that respect. So I'm like, well, no, it costs 700000 to make, which is pretty amazing when you, when you start talking about it. Yeah. Um, Amazon did Especially in Hollywood. Yeah, Amazon didn't make it. Amazon basically I think, saw it at a film festival and, uh, and they bought uh. it. So it's not Amazon money. So it was made for 700000 before Amazon got involved with it. Um, okay. I'll start briefly on this one. I thought this was really, really wonderful. I really enjoyed the hell out of this. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought it was beautifully constructed. Um, it's a lovely the way a sci-fi thriller should be. You know, it, it's not relying mm-hmm. for the budget. It's not relying on special effects or big flashy stuff. It's all very dialogue-driven, character-driven, and just you, you start to sort of become involved with who these characters are more than anything else. So you don't want any bad happen yes. equally. They build the story and they build the, the mystery of the story just slowly enough that it, it keeps your interest. Um, and from that, I thought it was excellent. And the tone of the film, like the very moment the film starts, you, you sort of the world is instantly recognisable as a world. You're not, we don't live in that world, but we recognise no. it. Really, like, I know Twilight Zone episodes, I know TV shows like that. And it feels like very much of that world and it gets it absolutely pitch perfect for what the, for what the, um, well, this. What did you think of it, Ellie Doors? Yes, uh, I actually really enjoyed this one. Uh, I, I loved just the whole feel about the movie. Like the minute it started, everything about it was just a nice kind of slice of like kind of vintage America. Yeah. Um, I just thought they absolutely nailed everything about it. Um, and yeah, I like I like the story. I also like the fact how every time the boy, the main boy, turned his back for even a millisecond, this the main girl was also running off like Forrest Gump. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Jesus Christ, man! Someone like put a tag on her or something, you know? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, I liked it. It was um, to be. I've said I said it to you like the other day. This would not look out of place either. Be a Twilight episode, or yeah. a, like even a Black Mirror episode yeah. of a, of an alternative universe, or something like it's that kind of feel. And Definitely. if you like any of that stuff, you know. Definitely, I think that's I think that's a real point. I think that's what it feels like. It, it, it gets that tone from the almost from the very moment it starts. It grabs that tone perfectly, and it is a product yeah. of it's a product of its budget. You know, seven hundred thousand to make a movie is not a lot of money, and so. It's not flashy with effects. There's a couple of there's a couple of effects towards the end that sort of that you can see there's some money even spent there. But ultimately it's very mm. much a talkie film. It's, it's this whole stream of dialogue. There's a couple of great scenes of just like sort of single shots of somebody acting and reacting to things. Like the girl when she's doing the thing mm. on the switchboard, I thought it was amazing. That's like twelve minutes long. When she's doing the thing on the switchboard. Yeah, yeah. But it plays it it plays it amazingly and you get and from that you get begin to realise that something's going on and what's happening and you and you, you become more intrigued by what, what is going on in the world. Um, I thought the cast were all excellent specifically because they're quite young and they're going to have to do a lot of dialogue a lot of like, very long takes as well and they'll be able to like, commit to those at such a young age is really impressive um, for me um, director um, Andrew Patterson is a kind of guy that I'm, now, I'm going to be really intrigued to see what he does next because there's a couple of shots that are just amazing that shot they do through the school gym hall when the basketball game's going on and then up as yes. the one the chasing. That's it reminded me very mm. much of like early Sam Raimi and Evil Dead 2. And you go, I don't really know how he pulled that shot off for that kind of money because that looks like something that would not be out of place in a big budget movie. But it, I know it was made for mm. literally next to nothing. 
So to be able to yeah, do yeah. stuff like that on that kind of budget is so impressive. So I feel like you give that guy some, not even lots of money, give him some money and see what he can do, you know, do else. Like there's yeah. guys like um, Lee Wanell who created Invisible Invisible Man, the most recent one. His first film, uh, uh-huh. Upgrade, was made for like very little money as well. So then you can scale up a little bit, but not hugely. Just give him a bit more, give him some more tools to play with. And you can see him doing like Mike Nichols as well, um, guys like that who can do so much with a little budget, even if you give them a little bit more money, just enough to be a bit more professional with it. They can do, they can do amazing things with it. They don't have to give them, 50, they don't have to give them 100 million, but give them 50 million and they can do so much with that kind of money. They can get so interesting. And that's what really intrigues with this one. I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what he does next um, in terms of his next film, because I feel like he's, he's something he's got a real vision and a real eye um, for telling a story. And also the story itself, I thought worked really well. Like it's believable mm-hmm. and it's engaging, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. Especially bore. for no, especially for that era as well when there was like a lot of the like, uh, stories coming out about UFO, uh, UFOs and all that at that time, and even how like I'm pretty sure the main boy even references he thinks it's the Russians as well. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's it's an engaging story. It's very hard of it's an engaging story, but it's executed really well in terms of the tone of it. Some of the like the artistic flourishes of the camera I thought were fantastic. Like I, I cannot I couldn't go over how good that shot was through the school halls, into the gym hall, mm. through the basketball game, up out the window, and it continues on. It's just it's such like if Spielberg done that, it would be like holy shit, that's a really amazing shot. The fact this guy done it on next to no money was so impressive. So. Mm. For me, I thought it was a cracking movie. I really enjoyed it and it really absolutely grabbed me from start to finish. Um, nice. Maybe for everyone, maybe for everyone, because I mean, it is a sci fi film, but it is a very talky sci fi film. It's not your big, you know, alien arrives and it's all chaos and it's big special effects. So it is very much an indie movie in that respect. It's all very talky. So you kind of got to pay attention to it as well to, to follow the story and understand what's going on in the film. So that might put some people yeah. off. I, don't, I think anyone who's willing to engage with this and embrace it. Find something really enjoyable and really interesting. Yeah, I think this has found its perfect home being on a streaming platform. I think this is just absolutely perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it probably, it'll probably be seen by more people on that platform that would ever been seen by in the cinema. You know, apart from a cell code to see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You probably would have went to cinema to see this, but you will watch it on a streaming platform. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. After all this, uh, out of ten, I'm gonna give it a solid. I'm gonna give it a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, very I think it deserves it. Absolutely, hundred percent the same as myself. Eight out of ten. I, I, I really thought it was something special. Really enjoyed it a lot. And more than anything, I'm just really intrigued to see what this guy does next. You know, just a really mm. interesting um, director. And up next, final film. You've not seen this one, but I have, so I can, I'll talk as briefly as I can about this one. Um, and it is called The Banker directed by George Nolfi, who directed a film called The Adjustment Bureau back in um, like, I think early 2000s, it was in Justin, The Adjustment Bureau, um, which is a film that people didn't give a lot of credit to, but I actually enjoyed it a lot. Um, the plot of this film is set in the, uh, America in the 1940s and 50s, where essentially it's leaps out, or some sadly starts in San Francisco, where American racial laws mean that someone, of black, someone who's black cannot own property, they cannot really own anything. So one guy decides he wants to start owning buildings and he wants to start renting them out so he can start basically renting them out to other black families and trying to sort of get them out of the ghettos and sort of allow them to sort of live a better life 
sort of in, in increase the, the wealth of the, the people that way. Um, on the way, they decided at some point to buy a bank as well, completely against all Texas law, essentially, the idea that a black man could not own a bank. So they tried to do that as well. In order to do that, they enlist a friend who is white to be sort of their proxy and pretend to be the main guy. But in reality, he's just getting yeah. up, held up by these two other guys who are sort of the money men and the brains behind it, who happen to be black. Um, in the film, you've got Samuel L. Jackson. He plays a kind of money man. Anthony Mackie, who played the Falcon in all the Avengers movies, he plays the sort of the brains behind it all. Nicholas Holt from X-Men, he plays Beast. He is the, the, the proxy, essentially, the sort of the, the fall guy, the one, not fall guy, the proxy, the one they use to, to work through so they can actually get him into um, these businesses they wouldn't normally dig into. Nia Long pops up in as well as the wife of Anthony Mackie. And Colm Meany from pretty much everything um, turns up as a and all wealthy benefactor in it. Um, this film, it came out last year, I think, in America. I think it, I don't think it came out, I think it may come out last year in America, maybe it's just been put on Apple recently, but definitely, it was definitely tipped last year to be sort of in that mm-hmm. Oscar buzz because of what it's talking about. It's talking about, you know, race and what do you think that that's what Oscar kind of likes, you know, it likes to see those kind of movies. Um, so it feels like a very important film because it's not only that, um, it's talking about big issues for, from then, you know, the idea of like what these people are trying to do, but it's talking about issues now in the sense that this is what the whole Black Lives Matter thing's about. It's the idea of, like, you know, it's it's systematic oppression by the state to stop people from getting ahead. You know, you're not even getting ahead just to get on the same playing field as the white population. So it's talking about all that kind of stuff. Um, the problem with it is it's, it's not a bad film. It's just a little bit dry and it doesn't really engage as much as you want it to engage. It feels like... It, it needed a better hook because it's a lot of stuff is talking about it's talking about maths and it's talking about judgments and it's talking about you know very technical stuff which really if you, you lose interest in very quickly I thought um, the cast Samuel L. Jackson is good but it's, he's, he's more playing like the caricature of Samuel L. Jackson rather than playing oh, a character no. you know what I mean right yeah 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 He's living um, up to the name of Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I mean, he's not giving it the whole motherfucker thing that he normally has been known to do, but he definitely feels like he's not playing as much a role as he is playing just a Samuel Jackson. Um, Anthony Mackie is okay, but he's a bit dull as an actor, I think. I mean, I don't really have much... He's not really interesting enough to me, you know, as an actor. I've not really seen him in anything, but I feel like, oh, he's a really interesting character, you know, so... Um, an interesting actor, so he just... Part of the role is for him to be a little bit bland, a little bit buttoned down, but even at that, he still feels very boring. Um... Mm. It tries to give lip service to the sort of female struggles, and because he's trying, he's trying mm-hmm. to put lip service to it, it feels very tacked on, and it's like trying to cover all the bases rather than trying to focus on the ones yes. that they're trying to tell. You know, um, so yeah, it means by all means a bad film. You do come out of it going like that's, you feel terrible for what it was, and you feel horrible for what it was, and you're glad things have changed, and glad things haven't suddenly got slightly better. I think in terms of what you can own, but. The film itself just it's a little bit a little bit dull, you know, and I feel like it could have had a bit more in it to make it a bit more interesting. And um, yeah, so okay. it's, it's, it's touching two hours. It's not a slog, but there are lulls in it where you feel a little bit bored. It starts off strong, but then it, it gets a bit dull as it goes on. It's a bit of a shame. Okay. okay. But it's talking about yeah, it's talking about very important issues, which makes it give it a little bit more ah. bump. But the, the actual execution of trying to kill those issues uh, wasn't done as well. 
it was better than Green Book. I didn't, I didn't particularly like Green Book that much. That more that won the Oscar last year, but I think this is slightly better than Green Book. Okay. Okay. Cool. I quite enjoyed the uh, Green Book, so I uh, there's every chance I'll end up probably quite enjoying this. You may like this one, yeah. Um, out of ten, I yeah. give it six, six and a half out of ten. Oh, okay. No, um, not the worst score ever. No, no, it's like it's not a bad film. Just it had a lot going for it. Just the execution just wasn't quite there. Um, next week will be some interesting stuff to watch. We've got a bit of mix next Ooh. week actually. So, Ooh. all Netflix stuff this week, next week. So we're we're we are focusing on one um, streaming service next week. So we have Da Five Bloods, which is the new Spike Lee movie, which. Mm-hmm. Everything about anytime Spike Lee brings a new film out, I am interested. Spike Lee does incredible work. Um, we've also got The Last Days of American Crime, which is sort of a crime thriller set in the future, I think, by the look of it. So that looks semi interesting as well. And also, we've got season four of F is for Family, which we're both big fans of, and we're kind of really looking forward to seeing what they do, do next. You've seen the first two episodes. Have you been impressed so far? I have been. I have been very impressed. Uh, what I would, what I'd recommend is definitely watching the recap that right. automatically plays before the first episode. Anyway, I'd highly recommend not skipping that because there has been quite a big gap between yeah. season three and season four. So this just kind of really brings you back up to speed again. I mean, you get because the fourth season really just takes off from the where the third season ended. So okay. you really need that recap to get back into the groove again but okay. yeah it starts off it starts off well <laughs> okay looking forward to that one um, but that's all for this week Barry tell where to find us uh, all the usual social media haunts uh, Facebook Instagram and Twitter at three beers in a movie that's great so I've been Richard you've been Barry three beers in a movie